0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 16, and I can promise you right now, this is a special one. Sweet 16.
1: <laughs>
2: Woo! <Woo-hoo. laughs> we made it.
0: So we may have an interview with someone coming up later on.
2: Or we might
0: not. <laughs> no, we do. It's recorded already. <laughs> so so well, stick around. We'll bring that to you almost live. But before we do that, let's uh, recap the game versus the San Antonio Scorpions. So we, we tied and 1-1. Uh, and really, at the end of the day, it felt like a win to us, right? Because we were one zero down, and no, to me it felt like a
3: win. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> you know, San Antonio's the, they were first place coming into that game. We were tenth place in a ten team league, so it was. It wasn't. We didn't think we were going to win that game going in, but we controlled most of the play, and uh, we had more opportunities. We we kept the ball, so it. A draw was kind of disappointing, considering everything that happened in the game, but I, I'm happy with a point against the best team in the league at the moment.
4: Yeah, going into that game, I thought that if we got a point, that that would be, a, that would be an acceptable result. But it was just kind of disappointing, that, you know, the best penalty and everything that it ended like that. But Still we'll felt it. pretty damn good when they did
0: come back and, and, and give us the tie. But I agree, it would have been nice to, to score the
3: penalty and not go through that extra amount of suffering. Yeah, Yeah. like I, I hugged a stranger on the offside goal that went in and the whole stadium erupted. Like I, I was hugging random people that I didn't know, older people, younger people, everyone. Yeah, Yeah, I tried to
0: tell people it's offside, but no one would listen to me. They were all too happy celebrating. Yeah, I was busy hugging and you are like two rows above me yelling, it's
3: offside, it's offside. <laughs>
0: So, 4,277 people came out, which is not bad, but not fantastic either.
4: No, it's a bit of a drop from uh, the last game, but, you know, it's August, it's pretty popular vacationing season.
0: Yeah, and we see that in our, in our supporters group, Stony Monday Riot, right? like We have so many people gone because we have such a short summer in this country and people just go canoeing or do whatever people do in the summer, right?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's summer in Ottawa, and like, you've got to take advantage of the weekends. But honestly, there's no better place to be than at the pitch on a, on a Sunday afternoon. Will Kendra concur with that?
2: I concur, yes.
0: Uh, so let's talk about uh, the lineup for a moment. So we started with Becky and Trafford as our central backs, and then Soria is left back and uh, Ryan Richter is right back. So this was because um, Mikon for one, is injured. So he can't play uh, left back and uh, we have another injury factor, right? Uh, Oliver is injured. No but I mean in the defensive.
2: Jarun is also still Oh, yeah, Jarun
0: is injured.
3: How can you forget Jarun, like <laughs> a- yeah.
0: he would have been great in this game because it really lived of its intensity and a lot of there were quite a few yellows and the ref let so
3: much go by. Yeah. Like yeah. ridiculous oh yeah well we saw we saw it a lot that heinemann got beat up quite a bit um it's ridiculous how much he got fouled and there was no cards and i think that's uh, something that's common i've noticed in mls and nesl is if the player is a big guy and and unless he's kenny cooper who's light as a feather and seems to go down like if anyone comes near him um they don't get the calls the big guys yeah like heinemann when he was fouled and it could have been a penalty about 20 times he's fouled. Yeah, yeah but is- to
0: be honest, at some point, like, uh, like from an objective, objective point of view, Heinemann was diving a little bit. What? <laughs>
3: what? Get out of here.
0: This isn't why I think like, the ref w- wasn't happy to, to give him any, anything, like, any calls anymore because like there were some very obvious dives in the
4: game. Blocksmith is nodding, by the way. You can't see this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a really physical game. I think it was probably one of the more physical games I mean. I remember seeing. Heineman actually get pushed down after the whistle. Nicky Patterson was getting into it with a couple guys pushing around. Squirmish. I, yeah, I, the referee wasn't terrible in the calls he made, but he just seemed kind of just kind of out of depth. Like he didn't know what was going on, and he didn't really know how to handle the uh, the physicality and kind of keep it under control.
3: I think he lost control of the game at one point when there was a huge mm-hmm. shoving match. And I was wondering if there's going to be a fist or two go flying. There was yeah, I tend to like there. referees
0: that let the play go, but you do have to protect the players. And it seemed like he'd forgotten his cards or something. Like, there were yeah. some really obvious yellow cards in the first half. Well, we were yelling right pocket, right <laughs> pocket. <laughs> one time. Yeah. So to go back to the lineup uh, uh, in our typical 4 3 3 formation. So we had Ubi, Ryan, and Patterson in in those uh, three midfielders. Um, so that, which meant that Donatelli was on the bench. So he came off. Uh, he came on later on in the game, off the bench, and then the top three strikers were Haworth, Heinemann,
3: and Davies. Yeah, just good. To, uh, really good play out of the midfield. I thought like uh, Patterson was more of a presence this game. Uh, Maybe just a couple moments that made, made me worried, you know. But, like, overall, there was a lot of... We controlled the ball in the midfield, and we held the ball well. And we just didn't boot it up the field like we did in other games.
0: No, we were patient with it, and we created a lot of chances. And also, we didn't allow a lot of chances on our own end. So, uh, it was kind of nice to see. Like, this was a game that makes me optimistic for the future. And if we continue to play like this, I think we're going to get results.
2: Um, but I don't, I don't know if I am totally impressed with Patterson. Um, I would prefer the combination of Donatelli, Ubi, Parapovich. I think that worked really well in the spring season and I kind of miss that for in the fall. I really want to see them play like, together again and I don't know, like kind of like partners in crime or something. So, so have
3: Patterson come off the bench and have Donatelli, <laughs> Ubi and Ryan in the middle? I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, Patterson did give us some nice
0: uh, offensive firepower that we had been lacking. Like I think his free kicks were quite, ni- uh, quite nicely taken, and uh, he he had, he had a nice header, yeah. so you can really head the ball. But I do agree with Kendra um, Donatelli is so creative and he distributes the well so so well from from deep and Patterson doesn't do that as much. He's more of a direct player, I, I would
4: say. Yeah, it's definitely his uh, his better games. For Patterson, this game, Thought so too, yeah. he was a little more uh, a little more pacey. He, he was chasing the ball down a lot. Uh, he didn't make as many mistakes as he has done in the past. But I think I think I agree with Kendra. I think that Donatelli in that position is probably a better a better fit going forward.
3: I like Donatelli coming off the bench because when he came off and the, when Ubi came off and Donatelli came on in the sixty-fifth, it was it was like a a spark, you know. Like they just got really aggressive on goal, and I, I think the the offside goal was right after that, wasn't it? Yeah, but you could the counter side of that argument is always we could have had that from the start of the match. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Good point, but yeah, yeah. and I mean, we is he fully fit? We don't know. But. It's a nice problem to have. I yeah. mean, it'd be nice to have him rotate on someone consistent basis and hopefully Mark DeSantos kind of feels like what the best combinations are.
0: And we have to be fair. I mean, the Scorpions didn't really feel their strongest lineup, right? Hasley was missing and Julius James. I think he was out on cards, James.
3: Suspension. I'm
0: not sure why I he wasn't know. there. Yeah, I think it's cards. Yeah. And I think a player we should definitely discuss was the uh, later determined player of the match, uh, Tom Heinemann. Um, he, he certainly was the match winner. He scored the goal that you know gave us the tie, but I I don't think he was
4: the best player on the pitch that day. What do you think, Bloxman? No, I thought he I thought he had one of his worst games. I mean, he did score that goal, but it was a breakaway from this really nice pass from Doncic, a nice through ball. But yeah, like we were saying before, he was kind of getting knocked over. And
0: actually, Dos Santos was saying after the game that. Uh, he wanted to put on Dantas for Heinemann, but just when he was about to do that, the goal came. So that's why he, he decided to leave uh, Heinemann on and, and, and put Dantas on and uh, take a defensive midfielder out, which was uh,
4: Richie Ryan. Yeah, he was missing, uh, speaking of Heinemann, he was kind of missing a lot of the They were putting the ball up a lot, and he was, he wasn't winning those balls in the air. Yeah, I he's
0: such a big
4: guy. Like go for the header. Like I got so frustrated sometimes. Well,
3: you were saying he's not he wasn't playing like a big guy and he'd be on the wrong side of the man like he wasn't taking the ball down. He wasn't using his big size to his yeah. advantage. He's playing like an like an average size player when he's obviously yeah. a huge man. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean tactically I think
4: I don't think the way to play with Hyman is through balls through the middle from the defense or deep mid. It's probably swinging corners, corners in, from the corners, and hopefully you had it in like that. But, I mean, we got we got that goal from that, from the Dantas through ball from mid. So, and, uh, and Hyman was, like ran. He had made a really nice run, and he went right by that, right by the defender. Oh, it was glorious. Let's not take
0: anything mm. away from that. That Dante's assist and then the way Heinemann finished it. And it's always fun when he scores because he really knows how to celebrate with the fans, right? Like, he, he started, uh, started running towards where we sit, and then at the end of the game, he gave handshakes. And, like, you could tell he has experience <laughs> dealing with fans, and we love him for it.
3: Yeah. That's why
0: it's good. And um, Ryan Richter was another highlight for sure. Like, I thought he had one of his better games this this time around because we've not seen anything too great from him before. So now he's really shown his potential and he almost scored. Like, he went uh, uh, and attacked a little bit there and cr- almost curled one in the top corner. I mean, he was still beaten every once in a while, but he wasn't to blame for the goal that we conceded.
3: Yeah, he was. Uh, he was playing push up a lot and his foot speed wasn't too bad coming back especially in the first three quarters of the game Uh, after San Antonio did those subs uh, they I think they noticed something and they put some speedy guys there and he was getting beat uh, to the ball like you see the the foot races coming back like San Antonio would put the ball over the top and the foot races right in front of us right in front of section W and he was getting beat and one thing I noticed he was doing in the first half which was amazing he would always turn and face well outside the box and challenge the player and then later in the game he would let them come into the box and they and ch- make me so nervous and he didn't have to do that he could have challenged them before and you know like and no one was set up so there's just something i noticed as he tired there was more mental errors and things like that
0: yeah and like you said when trevin caesar came on like he took total advantage of that disorganization in our defense like he came on, he sprinted through everybody. I think he beat uh, Richie Ryan, was it? Yeah. And uh, like his goal probably would have been uh, goal of the week if yeah. it wasn't for... Uh, the actual goal of the week. <laughs> from Ramirez. If you haven't seen this uh, bicycle kick, do check it
3: out. It's like Slatanesque, uh, uh, I guess. Yeah, it's Minnesota United versus Indy from this, from this week. Yeah, getting back to the, the Trevor Caesar
4: Cesar goal, I remember when he scored it. And I was just like, I'm not even mad. That was such a nice goal. Top corner, just zip on it. I was just like, all right. (laughs) Oh, man, I really didn't care in that moment how beautiful the goal was.
0: I was so depressed because it was a game that we played well. And it it, it feels like we we often play just as good as our opponents, and then we get crushed.
3: So, oh, I felt terrible when he scored. Luckily, we got the draw in the end. Yeah, I was worried it was going to be another stolen match. And, and Kendra was yelling her, her face off all match. She was probably one of the most spirited.
2: I may or may not have lost my voice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, as long as it's just the voice and not the mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> <That game>. oh.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: so pretty physical game overall. Uh, and uh, Donatelli missed the penalty. Yes. Was it a penalty? We always have to discuss that. I don't think
3: it was. If it's for us, yes. (laughs) I don't care if it was or wasn't
2: a penalty. We've gotten so many missed calls that, like, if it wasn't a penalty, that's fine. But finally we get a call that's, like... That would benefit us. I I feel like we've been robbed a few times on calls, and so I didn't even care if it was or wasn't a penalty. We yeah. got it, and yeah. They do
0: say it, uh, evens, it <clears throat> evens out, you know, if the sample size is big enough. So maybe this we have a couple more uh, sketchy penalties to go our way to make up for all the crappy ones for sure.
2: Um, but our disallowed goal was that actually offside or. Because I couldn't see it was at the other end of the field by that point. I have but... no clue.
0: I just looked at the linesman.
4: He raised his flag, and I was like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell. Uh, NASL Live hasn't got the game up yet, so I wasn't able oh. to watch it yet. Oh. Wow. So
0: Yeah, but I think we need to start blaming uh, Rogers for this and not NASL Live because whenever we play an away game, the games are up fairly fast. So yeah. I think it's something to do with uh, where they get their footage from
3: yeah i've noticed san antonio new york minnesota all have great feeds and they're all up the next day but should be pointed out that rogers uh largely depends on volunteer like
4: high school kids <laughs> <laughs> no i, I know uh, summer. <laughs> for those of you
0: who don't know blogsmith volunteered there a long time ago I so he still has strong feelings for him <laughs> and we don't want to say anything bad about him it's just you know we're annoyed that the the feed isn't and
4: live alive and but we also don't know whose real fault that is. If it's Rogers or
3: it's the Fury not posting it, or maybe we can send you undercover. And you
0: can <laughs> find so it. we have two points out of the out of puzzle eighteen.
3: That's does, good, right? I think so. <laughs> yeah. How does
0: it work? You know, <laughs> yeah. It's
3: like golf, right? Like <laughs> low scores. <laughs> yeah. So playoffs. Yeah, we yeah. discussed this. It's, it's we're just building a good core now building for next year
2: to be fair like we haven't been playing terribly and the games that we lose we lose by a small margin and i know like yes we still lost them but like i don't think the two out of eight is telling the or two out of 18 points is not telling the full story about the team so i don't know it's
0: yeah i mean uh it's telling part of the story because it's undeniable that we haven't been able to get the results and their reasons for it, but the team still has fight left in them and they still have good spirit. And I think they're still believe in the coach. So if we play like we did last game results will come, I'm sure of it. Now, is there anything we should mention in terms of the game day experience? Um, I noticed one thing, uh,
3: ads on the pitch, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a football purist. So when I showed up, and all of a sudden there was ads on the pitch, and and other people were tweeting about this too, and um, they got ads on the on the sidelines, like the cardboard ones, and they have the digital boards, they have the scoreboard to use, uh, the stadium around the edges of the stadium, there's ads everywhere. We don't need ads on the pitch. Like I know it's extra revenue, and you know, and helps the team and everything, but you got to be careful not to to kick off the. Uh, purists which i think there are a lot and i would that.
0: consider myself a purist too but i do have to admit i totally didn't notice the 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 ads until you pointed them out to me.
3: <laughs> thanks john thanks for backing me up
0: it also shows that i'm a terrible consumer because i can just don't pay attention to ads at all
3: yeah i don't i don't know it's just it's something that I've seen change in other leagues in Canada like say the CHL we've seen it go from mm, and now it's just yeah, getting ridiculous yeah. like, like the warm up like shirts. there's no
4: white ice left on
3: it yeah there's no white ice left and hopefully there's some green grass left so and yeah. what a, a big pet peeve of mine is
4: at TD place now the Fury should be scoring on the net closest to the supporters group in the second half in the last I think the three to the last four games they've gone the other way but that's decided by by coin flip, right?
0: Is it? Well, that's the way it goes I thought it in pre-determined. In, the, in the Bundesliga for sure. That's,
3: uh, yeah, I haven't seen a coin flip at this stadium, but I did see some in, in this. Well, I know season. for a fact so. that
0: like from watching soccer growing up, you know, the, one of the first things that's decided is coin flip and then one team decides w- what field they will and then if if the if you've decided what field then the other team then gets the ball first.
4: Yeah, when you're 12.
0: No, but that's still how it works. Even at the, so. Even at the World Cup uh, games, it's like that.
3: So next week, for, uh, not the game in Indy, but the game at home against Tampa Bay, everyone show up early. We want to make sure. We're going to see if there's a coin flip.
0: Yeah, well, we do know that Nam was going to correct us anyway. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh, speaking thank, thank of listener questions, him. should we uh, jump into them right away or Maybe. take a quick break? quick break
3: and we'll have some listener questions (laughs)
0: sounds good enjoy the music guys
2: Welcome back. It's now time for some listener questions. Um, We've been getting a lot of listener questions lately, so we can't get to all of them this week, unfortunately. But please keep sending us questions. Um, This is really great. Our first question comes from Namu. um, And he says, How do you guys feel overall about teams that play good possession-based footy but sometimes can't convert that into goals?
0: So when Barcelona first started playing... Like, hardcore tiki-taka, I loved it. Like, I really fell in in love with watching Barcelona play. And, I mean, the origins of that are much earlier. But, you know, I'm talking about, like, uh, when was it? Like, 2006, 2007, sort of, Mm -hmm. Barcelona. And, I mean, I I really enjoyed it at first. And then it bored me to death. Because all of a sudden it became a game where it was more important to keep possession than (laughs) scoring. You know, like they just had the ball and didn't give up the ball and they kept on playing back or just playing like a handball team, you know, like around the box, but never really shooting on goal in fear of losing possession and wanting to dribble, not dribble, but passing the ball in. So I think you can be too much of a possession-based team. But I prefer watching a possession-based team any day over a counter-attacking team that just defends and... goes for the counterattacks.
4: or long ball team.
3: Yeah, I yeah, yeah but I no know. one
0: plays that anymore except English. I mean, no, just kidding. I mean any
4: <laughs> tactical, you know, gameplay, you're always not going to there's no perfect tactical gameplay where you can score goals every time. It's like it's hard to score goals in this league. We know that now. But but I think the Fury do a good job holding possession and they just have to learn to convert that into goals
3: yeah I think you have to have the talent to play the possession game too um, I think we saw it with Aaron Vinter's team when he was the manager of TFC they didn't have the talent to play the possession games and they, they would lose the ball and they had no offense so you gotta you gotta make sure you have that talent level to play that game I think we're, we're not necessarily, like we're playing possession style, but we're not a possession team like Barcelona, like in, in, not, I'm not talking like talent or anything, I'm talking like in style, we're developing a, we have a, we definitely have a style that's unique to the team and, and I think we're not going to be a traditional possession team, but I'm starting to see the style come out. I, I think we we'll, yeah, go ahead, Kendra.
2: Uh I really prefer the possession style. Even if goals are, are few and far between, I think it makes the goals that much sweeter to watch. Um, but at the same time, there has to be some sort of balance, I guess, um, <clears throat> because you don't want to lose because of it. Um, but I, I like it when it's a prominent part of the game. That's just my personal opinion.
4: <clears throat> I
0: think what Namo might be alluding to is that counterattacking attacking teams, um, they tend to be more direct and they, they make more out of their chances because they have fewer of them. So you know when you don't play a possession game, when you do have the ball, you 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 know in three, four, five seconds you go off all the way from the defense all the way to the offense and, and try to finish, and sometimes that's just more uh, effective than, than than a possession game. But you know I I prefer that we should probably <laughs> move on. But um, yeah, overall I would say a good possession based game is better than a counter team for sure.
2: Okay. Next question comes from St. Cody of Assisi. He asks: As far as I know, Fury FC players are on one-year contracts. Trafford excluded, which we're very happy about. Um, which players do you think are critical to re-sign?
3: Me? Okay. Um, I like Dantas. I think we need a we need the depth players. We need the players that we can bring on. Um, character players are are important. So. Someone like Richie Ryan, I know he's towards the end of his career, but I think it'd be great if he finished his career in Ottawa. And I, I believe he said it in the press too that he'd like to finish his career. So I'll go with Richie Ryan for myself.
4: Yeah, I agree with Dantas. And I'd like to see Becky stay, I think. Of course, yeah. He's, uh, he's been great on defense, Canadian guy, big name. I think he could be really a, a really big player for this team going forward. If we can keep him. Yeah.
2: Um, I have three Um, Becky as well Um, and Ubi Parapovich of course but I heard that he's on loan or that's the impression that I get anyway um, so hopefully something happens and we can get him again and the other person that I'd like to see back is Soria. I think he's really solid and I've said it before several times I think he's really underrated and I think um, he is a good uh, really good solid part of the team
0: Okay, don't worry, Kendra. I don't think Ubi's on loan, so he might,
3: he might stay forever. <laughs> uh, he's changed clubs almost every year, though, right? In his career, so. <laughs> yeah, but was, there was no Kendra in those. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great.
0: So, for me, I, it's a very tough question for me because I've, I've been sort of grown attached to a lot of these players. I'm going to reverse it around and say like, there's a few players I wouldn't be s- sad if, if they left. Always so harsh. No, it's probably German mentality. You can say
2: he's German.
0: <laughs> Let's focus on the negatives here. Okay. That's what I'm good at. Um, no, like if someone like uh, Mykon wasn't there anymore, I could live with that. Or uh, so you don't see him much either. So not, no, Well, he's injured now, and but anyway, uh, uh, I think for Zenga it has been disappointing. So. But I kind of wanted he's to injured say, as well he's also injured, but he's like he's Canadian and like it's and hopefully he can develop um very disappointed Minatel. he started off well and just hasn't shown his talent
4: lately. I disagree yeah go ahead I think uh I think Oliver he's still young, he's still learning he's still showing improvement like he's. You know, I mean, it, it was kind of to his detriment that he scored those two goals in Carolina that we now expected a lot more from him. And now he, he hasn't. And now we think that he's like a bad player. And yeah, his time has been reduced. But I think, I think there's still a lot of promise with him. Yeah, I'm willing to be convinced. I mean, you make some good points there for sure.
0: Uh, I mean, I think one of the most crucial players in terms of uh, creating a fan base is Carl Haworth. Because, you know, he's a local guy, not super, like, is he Ottawa local? Or? No, Baring, Ontario. Oh, okay. Close. But, you know, he lives, he's from Ontario, mm-hmm. played in the PDL team, so, um, and he's playing well. So, he's someone we would definitely want to
3: keep, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to stay for a while. I hope so, yeah. And you kind of feel that the team's kind of grooming him into a star player, like one of the players they want people to pay attention to.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all in 3, 4 years down the road he's the Fury's best player. I think he's got a, he's got that, that potential.
2: All right, and our final listener question for now is comes from Tajik who on Twitter is BBSC Franco. Um, he asks, is there any chance in heck that the frenzy of the supporter section could spread over the rest of the crowd? Will chance other than let's go Fury, let's go be heard elsewhere in the stands? One can only hope.
3: Uh, okay, I'll take the lead on this one as well. Um, I think the simpler chance are, and the easier ones are the way to go. Uh, and, and if they're consistent, I think those would catch on. I don't think you'll see, like, rowdiness and people standing all match. Like, let's be realistic. But um, I think the, there is a – like, we saw the game uh, during the penalty. People standing, clapping. Half the stadium was standing. And, like, getting right into it, and the, the team reacted. And after we got scored on, there was there's a bit of noise going on, and there was, like, you know. So I think I think people just, you know, we, not everyone's going to get attached to the team, like, like us, you know, like right away. <laughs> like, not everyone's, like, easy like we are. So, but I think once there's that attachment three, four, five years in, it's, you're going to see a much different atmosphere in the stadium. Yeah, I totally agree with you that we need to keep it simple. Like, we have that chant that just goes, O-F-F-C,
0: right? I mean... Four letters.
2: (laughs) Four letters. Anyone can do that.
0: (laughs) So, if any one of your casual fans are listening, which I highly doubt, (laughs) please join in with our chants. We would love for the whole stadium to get behind the team. Or just start your your own and get the people around you. Like, don't wait for anyone else's lead. And people have been doing that in the supporters section. There were some really funny ones. Like I really liked uh, our house in yeah. the middle
4: of the gleam. Our house, yeah. I like that one. That was one of the best ones I've heard all season. Yeah. yeah, if you want to be rowdy and the people around you don't get up and come down to section W, there's more than enough room and. Well, and it is a, have anybody.
2: it is a standing section, so we don't go by ticket numbers. So if anybody does want to come to section W, like like Tim said or Blocksmith said. <laughs> more than you're welcome
0: because, i think everybody knows okay. by now what his name is um,
2: <laughs> um it's it's there's no like you must have a ticket to stand here you can just come and join it
4: okay well those are those are questions and uh this week we asked the listeners a question and uh, this week we asked them the nsl team president meeting is taking place right now what changes to the league would you like to see next year And uh, Larry W. Johnson, who is
0: at Helltown Beer, clever playing words there, buddy, (laughs) As no, it can be pricey, but deeper stat tracking, team and player level would be fantastic. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Totally. (laughs)
4: Um, Yeah, I'm not a big, huge fan of the the stat tracking, but it'd be nice to have that option, I guess, for some people
0: yeah it's it's very important to to a lot of people to have good and reliable stats like we tend to re- rely more on our uh, instinct and our, our emotions but there's there's plenty of people out there too for whom the stats is super important and i think it just raises the professionalism of the league to have good stats
3: yeah like the mls has a great press part of their website and they have great stats they're doing a really good job i think that's you know, not to be like that league, but like get get close to that level in stats and depth. I think that'd be great.
2: Um, I don't really have an opinion on this. <laughs> um not a stats so, person. <laughs> no, I'm not a stats person at all. I don't really care. Um, so our next suggestion comes from Saint Cody of Assisi again. He said, I'd love to see the NASL do more to promote advertise itself on social media, YouTube, as well as in team cities.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean... Who doesn't I, agree with that? It would be nice, but I don't think the NASL has the, the budget necessarily to, to start doing the marketing that's supposed to be
3: done by the clubs. Um, well, they did move their head office to New York uh, this year, this season, to get more connected with like advertising agencies and marketing. and So they're taking those steps, but at the same time, you got to be realistic with the size and, and the funds available for the league. And then Tajik uh,
0: tweets in again and uh, says something very important. uh, Better broadcast
3: contracts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I fully agree. Um, Something, this is my own dream for the fury. (laughs) Uh, Like We have Rogers, local TV, and that's great. Um, I think we can do a lot more in uh, the French markets in Canada, like Northern Ontario and Quebec and New Brunswick like uh, RDS or TVS Sports. I think there's a huge opportunity there being missed by Canadian soccer clubs. And uh, they probably want to watch more than just the impact. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of connections to the city of Ottawa in in Francophone parts of the country. So I think there's a huge opportunity there to be explored. And also, there's how many Rogers channels and how many different TSNs and Goal TVs, like there has to be room for the Fury
0: yeah I mean even
3: FC Edmonton had a national television deal right and they still do uh, yeah they're on the A channel right or Breakfast Television is there's in Edmonton for the local games
4: yeah we mentioned this before the Fury seemed to have rushed a lot of decisions the, I think or let it or let those decisions sit there for a while like the the kit sponsor was probably something they should have done a long time before they did. And who knows if the, the broadcasting contract was kind of a last minute or they were asking too much. We don't know, but... Yeah, it has to improve because I think Ottawa is by far the worst. The NASL was here for broadcasting on NASL Live.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's sad, but true. Um, now that we've heard uh, from all of you listeners, um, I think it's time to... Uh Move on to the, the highlight of this episode, which is an interview with our coach Mark Dos Santos, and uh, you know,
3: Ryan, do you want to say a few words? <laughs> uh, we just reached out to Mark uh, this week on very short notice, and he was very kind to uh, get back to us quickly, and uh, we arranged this interview. And so, after the music, we're gonna have a f- we're all asked a few questions of Mark, and he was uh, grateful to answer them.
0: Uh, Mark, in your opinion, what do you feel is our biggest strength um, and what would you like to continue working on?
1: It's it's a little bit tough to say, but I think that um, uh, our, our biggest strength is probably uh, our midfield at the moment, uh, you know, it's something that uh, we, we have a lot of depth, uh, it's, some, it's a place where we, we have a lot of options and, and that, that's been a strength during the season. Uh, and it, it's pretty much been part of the core of the team so you need something to hold the team and I think it's important to have a, a good midfield uh, of course in the back I think that in the last couple of games and especially the last one uh, it's it's an area where we grew because it was a place where we had a lot of injuries and we never were able to, to have a steady back back four and, uh, and up top I think that the guys that have been called to to participate and help the team, I've, I've been doing well. And I think that, you know, that some players have been growing throughout the season and they started it during the season as maybe depth players. I give an example, like Carl Hours and today today he's a starter in the team, you know, you want a spot for him. So it's very tough for me really to say, well, where's our biggest strength? Uh, because what we're really trying to do here is to make that the team becomes a strength.
0: Yeah, we totally agree. Haworth was definitely one of those surprise performers. Like, who else on the team would you say would fit that category? That really surprised you.
1: Hey, it's so tough for me. I hate pointing out uh, guys individually. Uh, it's a tough question, but you know, I could say like uh, another player that has come in, and and if you want to call it surprise. Uh, but, but the fact that he came in and he was in the USL Pro and, and he joined us and he came pretty much to have a, a role of, of, if we need, he would come in in the right back position, right wing or central midfield. And, and, you know, he's answered with a lot of minutes and always with a, a big and, and, and very very committed way was, was also a kid like Phil Davis that, that has been doing well with us. Oh hi, Mark. Hi, guys. Hi, how are you?
4: Good. In your opinion, what's uh, what's been the team's best game so far?
1: Look, uh, the the four nothing home against Carolina has to be uh, an important game because it was a game where we where we dominated completely from A to Z, and we were able to translate uh, the the that. That dominance into into scoring goals, uh, but I think the game also that we played now against San Antonio was uh, tactically maybe one of our best performances. The game in Indy too, uh, but but you know if I would have to call uh, which one was the perfect one until now, and I hope there's more like that one, but I, until now I would say the 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 one with Carolina home in Carlton.
2: Mark, it's Kendra. Um, I have a question Hi, for Kendra. you. Hi, um, do you feel that you found the players' natural positions within the team, or are you still kind of working that out?
1: No, I think that some it's natural positions. Uh, others, uh, because of injuries and 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 a lot of times having to to touch the the, the different positions and different lines. Some guys were, were apt to be forced to other type of positions. I give the example of Carl Howard. Uh, Carl Howard, uh, when he played in the PDL, was a number nine or a forward, and now he's playing with us on the wings. Uh, a kid like Phil Davis that is naturally, he could play in a lot of positions. But I'll give you an example also with Drew Becky that we signed him to be a right back, and today he's been very steady playing center back. Um, so, look, uh, after after six months of work, uh, most of them were pretty much sure of that what's their best positions, and others have been a, a good surprise uh, showing us that they could play in at least two different positions. So mm-hmm.
3: cool. Hi, Mark. It's Ryan. Um, I just wanted to ask a question without giving away too many trade secrets. I was wondering, what kind of tools do you guys have to scout the other teams, to scout players, to find mm-hmm. out as much about the opponents as possible?
1: Yeah, we. I think it's it's our strength line. I think when we go into the game, we know exactly who our opponent is, the the, the players. Uh, in our squad no and, and that's an advantage for us in this moment we're using a program ca- called insta scout uh, it's a program that allows us to scout players all over the world and 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 to and to scout opposition it gives us uh, the type of, of, uh, of patterns they have in corner kicks attacking defending uh, after of course we watch a lot of games so we're able to to look at, at their own patterns as a team as a whole but I have to tell you that Insta Scout has been a, a, an awesome tool for us, and of course, you know we, we don't have the budget of uh, Real Madrid and and Barcelona, so even not even as MLS teams, so it's it's it, we have to be very careful. Let's say myself in the off season, if I want to go look for certain positions, I can travel to. 20 different countries Uh, maybe I could have I could go to two or three countries max so I have to make sure that I choose well where I go that I have good contacts there so I don't go on vacation but yet I go there to to really find find good good quality players right
3: yeah so you have you have video beforehand and and you can yeah,
1: but it's, you know, like, uh, Ryan, if you get me a video, an highlight video, it's very different than going and meet the player personally, know how he is, watch him play live, because in that, that highlight video, it just puts the good things, you know, so right. we try not to get excited with any highlight video.
0: So Mark, one of the players you, you scouted was uh, Hamza Elias, uh, who unfortunately left us this summer. No, I know you don't yeah. want to talk about individual players, but we're just all dying to know why this decision was made. Like, our hunch was that maybe he was still a little bit young and was, was a big step.
1: No, you guys want to know. You, are, you want yeah, to know about Yeah, we would really like to Amazon. know, actually, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm here to answer questions, guys. Don't don't be afraid of asking me whatever you want. <laughs> but a, guy, a kid like Kansas, so what happened? Amza is not a player that I was able to, to watch uh, in place. So it was a big risk to bring Amza here. And um but I knew his agent very well from Portugal and his agent actually brought Atsu to Porto and after Atsu was sold to Chelsea and now he's on loan to twenty. So everything that the agent the reputation he had was very big and through that agent, I got into uh, with AMSA, and AMSA was in a in a, in a in a probation or how can we say it, a tryout uh, until the first half of the season. And what we did is, we really evaluated uh, will Anza be a player that will be a starter as one of our uh, of our foreigners. You see, what we believe is, if we have foreigners in Ottawa, they have to play an important role or play the majority of time uh, of minutes. And AMSA had a lot of competition with Sinisa, Patterson, and Donatelli, where where today only two out of the three could start. So if Anza would have been here, it would be four, so two out of the four that would start and if we had actually a reserve team playing day in day out every weekend in a reserve league let's say like some mls teams have, well i think that Anza would definitely have stayed but our, what we were afraid of is are we going to keep a foreigner that's going to take a spot and not having the minutes that we actually think, think he should have to develop. And, you know, we kept with a good relationship with Amza and his agent. We felt that it was better for him to go to Ghana and play a lot of games where we could follow. And who knows, in one, two years, we could bring back Amza. And at the same time, we wanted to open the, the foreign spot uh, because we had the opportunity to bring Romuald in.
0: Thank you, Mark, for being so honest. Like another no question problem. that we're we're really dying to find out is like, why did we get a fourth keeper? Because it's somewhat unusual to have four keepers in the squad, right? Yes.
1: No. Yeah. It, it's un, unusual for sure, and it's not something that we're, we're that we're we wanted to do. Um, but what happened is that. When we signed, we signed the three keepers, and uh, as you guys know, Davala Gore came in test, and and he did quite well when he was in, in, uh, in, in test with us, and uh, we stayed with Davala. But we are even staying with Davala, knowing that Davala could do well in the league. We always felt that we wanted to go after an experienced keeper. We always felt that we wanted to be the best we can and goal uh, possible. You know, I think that every team has to be built from the back. And we have to have we have to have a lot of experience in the back. And when Romuald uh, was was in the, the the summer window, it was an opportunity for us to: or we get him now uh, for the next two three years, or we don't get him at all. Uh, and we felt that. That it was a good moment to get Romuald. We knew that if we get Romuald and 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 we bring a, a fourth keeper in, it might be uncomfortable to have four goalkeepers. But at the end of the day, we were thinking about the club. We were taking: is the team gonna be better in that position? And you know, not like the conversation I had with the Valla was not to take anything away from the Vala, But if we feel that we could get better, well, well, we're gonna keep on getting better in every single position and that's not only in the goalkeeper position, it's in every single position because it's very clear for us that the first year, we want to set a very, very strong foundation but the second year, I want to be in the playoffs. I want to be in the playoffs the club wants to be in the playoffs and we'll do everything to build the team towards that, so it's we're very ambitious in what we want to build and we felt that it was the moment uh, that, that we had to go get a guy like Cromwell that's been an incredible presence in the locker room, an incredible uh, leader, a very, very good, experienced goalkeeper that's bringing a lot to the club. So we're very proud of having him in.
2: Nice. Um, so what initially attracts you to a player and what keeps you interested in the player?
1: Oh, first, first is uh, is the position he plays in. So, I'll give you an example, there's a couple of positions that we're sure we want to get better next year. Uh, So, there's positions that we can't sign this year because of the window and I'll give you an example, okay? I have the opportunity to go get players that are from 0 to 10, they're 5 or 6, but I know that next year I could go after an 8. And I don't want this club to become like just a revolving door of players coming in and out. And one of the things you're realizing with our club is you recognize all the faces of our players. You know who they are and Mm -hmm. you don't see a lot of guys getting out and in. And for me, that's very important to keep keep an identity in the club. So the first thing that, that, that... that attracts me in the player is—is is he? Does he play in a position that we really need at the moment? Is will he bring us a plus? And afterwards, I look at the profile when it comes to the style of play we want to play. You know, we have an identity that we want to follow. We're sticking to it regardless because we believe that if we keep working and improving it, we're just going to be successful. And, and after we we identify with what, what the position is, we identify who the player is. Uh, um, I think that what keeps me interested in the player is maybe our phone conversation first. You know, when I have a feeling that the player is a winner, that the player wants to come to Ottawa for the good reasons, well, I'm gonna keep doing my homework on him and, and possibly try everything to bring him in.
4: So, what is your your long-term vision for Canadian player content within the Fury? to
1: get the best one possible and you could be sure that um, I'm I'm sure you guys have a lot of passion for the club and I'm sure you guys frequently talk about canadian players that possibly could come uh, and play for us Uh, and i could tell you i could guarantee you that we're very very attentive to the best canadian possible players what i don't want to do is have only any canadian in because at the end of the day if i have only canadians in and we're not winning well fans are going to be upset so we want to get the best canadian players that are going to give us a chance to win also
3: Perfect. Well, thank you, Mark, for uh, spending this time uh, answering our questions today. Is there anything you would just like to say to the fans just as we go here?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, one thing that that I was speaking about uh, this week is how, how, you know, sometimes it seems cliche, the the, the 12th player in our stadium, but in the last game we really felt it. In the last game we felt that um, when, uh, actually when, When San Antonio scored, um, everybody got louder in the stadium. When Tony Donatelli missed the penalty shot, everybody got louder in the stadium. And I felt everybody in the fans were kept on believing, and we kept believing. And and that's why Tommy scored at the end. Because when there's a belief, a big belief around the stadium, it feeds the player a lot. And hopefully with this kind of attitude, uh, Ottawa and TD play is going to be a very tough place to
0: play. Well, on behalf of the entire podcast crew, uh, Mark, we'd like to thank you again for coming on and uh, we hope it won't be the last time.
1: No, feel free, guys. No problem. Nice speaking with you. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Uh, Welcome back, guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. I mean, how privileged are we to have such a down-to-earth coach who's
3: so willing to answer our questions? it's great it's you know he's a very approachable guy we've talked to him before in person a few times at different events and uh he like sat right down shared experiences he's had with uh the Montreal impact before and and the whole Champions League run he's it's just a pleasure to talk to and the the same thing with our our assistant coach and and Mark's brother they've been just great speaking with the fans just completely honest no cliche
4: answers he answered that question about Hamza really well he didn't like duck it even though that's probably a really tough decision for him to cut him but I mean, very direct.
2: sorry okay. they always seem like genuinely happy to see you and happy to talk to you so it's really nice to be able to discuss things like that with them
0: absolutely now before we preview the game against Indy uh, why don't we take a look at what happened in the rest of the NASL just to give uh, the listeners an overview of what happened
3: uh, Tampa Bay won. They uh, beat the Cosmos. The Cosmos seem to be going down. Like, they're losing a lot, yeah. dropping a lot of points. Yeah, the Cosmos going down. So, they, Tampa Bay beat them 3-1. Yeah, Tampa Bay actually
4: had uh, four less people in attendance than we did this week. <laughs> so, we beat them by
3: four. So, thanks for those four people. And Minnesota destroyed uh, Indy 11-5-1 at home. And, of course, the Ramirez goal. Please. we mentioned it before. Please go look at it. It's mm-hmm. it's something else. Yeah, it was a highlighted night on Fox Sports. I think that night, which is crazy for the N S L. Yeah, and uh, there was an another game. Uh, Adla- New York had two games this week, right? So and Atlanta played New York, and New York won. So oh no, that was that was like a month ago. Sorry, just ignore that. <laughs> but yeah, like so this week we uh, we're traveling mm-hmm. to Indy and. Uh, this is kind of a weird game because it's a, our second
0: away match at Indy, and they have never been here before, right? So it's like something odd about the scheduling.
3: Yeah, well, they don't want us to see their nice jerseys. They have probably the best jerseys. <laughs> their home jerseys. The yeah, they're, end of the season, they're they coming are. here. Yep. So they will have to come last, twice, right? It's the last game. No, they just come
4: here once. Yeah, it's the last game. It doesn't make any sense. It was the short season. Yeah, Maybe we just played everybody right, cause, that wasn't.
3: Yeah, because it's, it's an odd number yeah. in the end of. We don't play anyone five times in leagues. We play Edmonton five times. So it's not like the quite. community cup schedule, where you have three matches but six groups and yeah. six teams in the group. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Indy, they, their record at home is not too good. Um, most of their success has been on all their success has been on the road. Um, so, but they have uh, they have improved their team since the start of the mm-hmm. season. They've made a lot of changes. Uh, at the start of the season, they were totally unwatchable, and now they're semi watchable. And we gotta be honest, they're, they're collecting more points than we are right now, so we definitely take this match seriously. I
0: miss the good old days of the spring season, I mean, Edmonton wins away, you know, India have won a couple games and so the expansion team is now ahead of us, the other Canadian team is ahead of us, and as I stated, my goal was always to be the best expansion team and the best Canadian team in the league, so... We we got to make sure we It wasn't that long this. ago
4: where we were ahead of those teams. And now if we lose against Indy, we're at last in the fall and we are last in the combined.
3: Some oh, nuts. Important 3 points. Yeah, Indy's got 7 Super. points already this uh well, they're they're averaging a point a game, which is not amazing, but it's Well, the
0: good news is, is that Indy us. never wins at home and we won the previous match 4-2 there and they're coming off a 5-1 loss. Mm-hmm. So probably we couldn't be better timing than that
3: for us. Yeah, and we just gotta attack. We gotta. There, there's one team we're definitely faster than foot speed wise. It's Indy. Hmm. Uh, they make a lot of errors in the back too, so hopefully we can expose that. Are there any uh,
4: players we should look out for? Uh, yeah, Cleverson, I think is healthy. He wasn't uh, last time we played, but he's always a threat. He scored an amazing goal this week. That uh, yeah, and uh, Montreal and Pacaloni, Blake Smith has been really good. And they got they just signed a new uh, midfielder Jermaine Johnson used to play for the Jamaican international team and in Sheffield Wednesday in England and apparently he's been really really good so yeah there's that <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah they like like we were saying earlier they've been uh, <clears throat> they've been adding to their team which is something that we haven't done so. It'll be interesting to see how our, our players, but maybe we'll you know our players know each other better, and that will be mm-hmm. an advantage. It's nice to see from them getting all that support,
4: like selling out every game, and you know them not winning a home game yet. Got it must be feel. so frustrating.
0: Yeah, but please don't win this home. No, game. no, you no. Can, you can have yeah. the next home game, on not this one. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely not going to be as easy for the Fury this time around. It's uh, it's a, it's you know they're different teams now than they were. Half a, half a year ago, or... Not, as, not half a year ago, but pretty a couple months so. yeah. <laughs>
3: ago.
0: Feels like it was a long yeah. time ago. So if we lose this game, uh, we're last, both in the fall table and in the combined
4: table. So let's not lose, guys. No. Yeah. Let's get at least a point. Let's win this game and start a, a streak and then end the season well.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah that would uh, be the ideal scenario. So uh, that pretty much brings us to the end of this week's episode. We can be found on uh, at Ottawa Fury on Twitter. We're hosted by Red Nation Online. And um, are there any final uh, words or points anyone wants to make in the, in the podcast studio here? I'm hungry. So is my roommate. So, uh,
3: Sean, you can cook. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, guys. All right. Toodles.
0: So Sean, what are you cooking here? I mean, we got a sweet potato, we got a watermelon, we got pickled eggs, we got corn. Looks like you're preparing something in your pot here. What's going
1: on? Oh yes, I'm just starting to uh, chop up. Oh, watch your finger there. (laughs) So we're going to slice up the sweet potato. This is an old Irish recipe here I got from my grandma. So no spices, yep. (laughs) No spices. Well, we'll add a touch of salt, but we don't want to overpower our senses here. Add that in with the watermelon into the Mm. pot. Smells great. (laughs) And that's going to go on the stove for about 35 minutes, (laughs) max heat. (laughs) Now, John, have you ever cooked with a sweet potato before?